Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter number seven. Genesis chapter number seven. Uh, got a very important message today. Uh, we have one week to Easter, the Christian Super Bowl, amen? And I, I want to really emphasize the importance of an invite, an invitation. And when you get your, when you get your notes, uh, I, I, titled, I titled on your notes, The Greatest Invitation. And uh, I've really been thinking about that, and I, I want you to change it. I want you to change it when you sit down. <clears throat> Not right now, but when you sit down, change it to the most important invitation. I know it's, you say, well, that's the same thing as greatest, but I, I want you to get this is important. The most important invitations in the intro, in the intro, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a couple invitations that we see in the Bible and thank God for the invitations to Christ. Amen. Amen. But then we're going to focus on the most important one. The most important one. So let's look in Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1. Mike, if you could get Jalen or one of them to turn that fan off over there because it's going to blow my pages and I'm going to end up cussing before this thing's over with. (laughs) Or I'm going to let Willie cuss for me. Amen. If you're watching by way of the online, we will no cuss in church. Amen. We're just just a joke, man. Just a joke. Just a joke. All right. All right. If you found Genesis chapter seven, verse one, say amen. And the who? And the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. Read that part with me. And the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark, into the ark. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so thankful for your mercy. I'm so thankful for the the, the privilege and the opportunity you've given me to stand in front of a great number of people. Lord, to encourage and to, to instruct and to teach and Lord, I pray that you'll help me. I, I, I know I'm not worthy. I know I, I, I don't deserve to be in this spot. But Lord, I do need you. Desperately, I need you. And I know that. And I'm, I'm, I'm confessing that. And I'm begging you for your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll fill my heart, fill my mind. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. Holy Spirit, don't let me forget anything I should. God will praise you and thank you for all that you've done already. I have so enjoyed the worship. I've so enjoyed the singing, and Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you will not let us leave disappointed. I pray that when we leave, we'll know we heard from you. God will thank you and praise you and give you glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's there's a lot of reading I would like to do, but I I, I need to do it quickly because we're short of time today. there, there are several, several invitations in the Bible. I didn't put them all down, but I did, I did put a few down in your notes that we see. And the, this one that we read in, in Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 is, in my opinion, the, the most important one. 
the most serious one, the greatest one. What, if you look in your notes in the introduction, you'll find in Isaiah chapter 1, in verse 18, it says, come now. Come now. There's an invitation. He's inviting you. Come now. Let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You see, that is an invitation to cleansing. God is asking the sinner. God is inviting the sinner to come to him. Come for forgiveness. Come for cleansing. He said, though your sins be dark, though your sins be black, though your sins be as scarlet. What is he saying? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad it is that you have done or how long you have done it. He says, I want you to come to me because my power The blood of Christ has the ability to take black sin, dip it in red blood, and come out white as snow. Now, how many of y'all are glad that Jesus washed you white as snow the day you came to him? Every sin, every disobedient act, every point of rebellion, he came to you, not because you earned it, not because you deserved it, but because you desperately needed it and you accepted the invitation and now you're white as snows. Amen. And that's a good invitation. Everybody, everybody needs that. And see, when you're, when you're passing out these invites, when you're passing out these invites, you're not inviting them to a show. You're not inviting them to a religious experience. You're not inviting them to just church. Listen, church has become a a, a habitual activity that people just do out of habit. No, you're inviting them to cleansing. You're inviting them to have their sins washed away. But you see, there's another invitation. There's not only an invitation to cleansing, there's an invitation to rest. The same Lord said this, come unto me. Say that with me. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. Is anybody tired this morning? He's looking at a group of people. You got to understand this people is, is have, have been under the bondage of, of religious legalism. They had been under the bondage of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who had put so many burdens upon them and so many rules and regulations upon them that they couldn't even fulfill or follow. And Jesus looks at them and says, come to me. You've been going to them and you've been striving and you've been doing everything you can and you're burdened down like a pack animal. But he says, come to me, come to me and I'll I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find, ye shall find rest unto your souls. Do you know how many people, do you know how many people's outside, outside of these doors that are burdened, they're stressed? Listen, they, they, they are experiencing depression and darkness and they are carrying the burdens of life. Can you imagine the people that don't have God, that don't know God, that are going through what we are going through in America today? And you're saying, I want to invite you to rest. I want to invite you to come and find rest for your burden. Find rest for your struggle. Find rest for your mind. Somebody say amen. 
And that's a great invitation. And it's a, it's a needed invitation. It's a needed invitation. But to me, there's, there's one even more important. Not just the, the invitation to cleansing, forgiveness, have your sins washed away. An invitation to rest. But then we see in Isaiah 55, 1. Ho, ho, that means get, I need your attention. Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, that's me, say amen. <laughs> he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. You know what he's saying there? Those things are what they were needing for fulfillment. He's saying, come, you don't need no money. I can, I can give you what you're looking for. I can give you what you're searching for. What did he tell the woman at the well? He says, I can give you water where you'll never thirst again. And what, what, what was he saying? I've got something that you've been looking for. You've been looking for it in all the wrong places, though. You've been looking for it in all them husbands. You've been looking for it in all of the sin that you've been involved in. You've been looking for it everywhere but what you need. But, honey, I've got what you need. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Satisfaction. I don't think there's a worse feeling in this world than, than discontentment. I don't think there is. I, listen, when it comes to food, when I get through with my plate and there ain't nothing left and I'm still hungry, that's terrible. Do I have a witness? How many of you gone places and done things and listen, you were really expecting contentment. You were really expecting to be fulfilled. You were really expecting to, and it just left you wanting. Boy, that doesn't that sound like Solomon? Doesn't that sound like Solomon and Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes said, I went and done it. I, if there was to buy, I bought it. If there was to do, I did it. Houses, women, listen, entertainment, things to do. I conquered lands. I did it all. And it left me, this is what, this is what the King James word is, vanity. It means empty. You know, there's people every day, every day that's killing themselves. Killing themselves, trying to make a extra buck, trying to do everything, trying to buy this and go here and do that. And when they think, because marketing, our, 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 our cultural marketing, it says, if you need this, this will satisfy you. I mean, they're masters at it. It's amazing that you can watch a commercial and think that, uh, listen, I'll just buy and a Big Mac will satisfy your longing soul. Do I, amen? It won't, trust me. I've got it, amen? Several. This world is selling fulfillment, but it's false advertising. And in this invitation we find in God's words that come to me, and I'll, I'll fulfill what you're looking for. I'll feel that longing soul. And so when you give an invite, when you give an invite and you say, won't you please sit with me this coming Easter, you're inviting them to cleansing. You're inviting them to have their sins completely washed away. To feel forgiven. You're inviting them to rest. You're saying, Let, listen, come and you'll find rest. You'll find rest for your burden. You'll be able to lay your burden down at the feet of Jesus and you'll find rest for your weary soul. When you invite, you say, listen, I want you to come and find fulfillment. 
Listen, you're not going to find it in a needle. You're not going to find it in a beer bottle. You're not going to find it running around with women or men. You're not going to find it, listen, making millions and millions of dollars. Listen, there's millionaires every day that commit suicide because they're unfulfilled. They can buy anything they want to buy, but they're empty. But you're inviting them to come and be fulfilled. Now, how many, how many of y'all in this building right now, how many of y'all in this building right now would agree with me that those are three pretty good invitations? How many of y'all would agree with me that they're three pretty important invitations? And there's people out there looking for those three things. But you know, there's a more important reason. There, there is a, there is a, oh, maybe the word serious is a good word. A more serious reason. A more, a more serious, important, greatest invitation that we find in the Bible. And I know what you're thinking. How in the world is that there? We just read it. We find that God is in the ark. Think about this a minute. Well, how do you know he's in the ark? Because he didn't say, y'all go in. He said, y'all, that means you go to wherever he is. And he said, come into the, that means he is in the, are y'all with me? Now, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to take the rest of the time we have today and show you why this is the most important invitation. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, tell you what the invitation is. You know, the first was in the invitation to cleansing. The second was an invitation to rest, right? Y'all remember? The, the third was the invitation to what? Fulfillment. What is, this, what is this invitation to? Deliverance. Deliverance. It's nowhere on your notes. Just write it down somewhere. It's an invitation to deliverance. When we use the word saved, when we use the word saved. Now, if you grew up a church person, if you grew up in church like I did, it's just, a, it's a, just a natural term that we use all the time. I know what it means. Most of y'all know what it means. It means to know. But you know what? If you have no church uh, background, if you have no church experience whatsoever, and you say to someone, I want you to be saved, you know what most of them are going to say? From, from what? They, they don't know. There, there's no concept. And I know what y'all are thinking. No, there's nobody who could think that in America. You are, you are kidding yourself. I had a conversation, I had a conversation Friday afternoon, or maybe Thursday, Thursday or Friday, uh, with a sweet young lady who just went to, to college at Auburn. She's at Auburn now. And, and, and she's there working in a restaurant. And, and she was blown away at, she, she's in a restaurant with a Muslim, a Jew, an, an atheist, uh, an agnostic. She is there trying to be a witness and trying to ask me, how can I be a better witness? How can I deal with it? And she was so blown away. She was so blown away. She said, I can't believe people actually think the way they think. I said, welcome to the real world. There are people in here that or I say in here, there may be some in here, but there are people in this country and people in this world who have no concept of this. And when you say you must be saved, they're going to say from what? From what? That's what I want to share with you today. Listen, we know the story. We know the story of the flood. How many of y'all know the story of the flood? We know that Noah 
in this story, God said, God said, let's, a matter of fact, let's just do this. Let's go back. Let's go back. And you'll say, why are we talking about the old Testament? Why are we talking about the old Testament? Uh, you don't have this. Let me just read it. Let me just read it. Matthew 24, Matthew 24, verse 37 says this, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. Do y'all see that? As the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the son of man be. Now, let me, let me go into a little more detail. Let me go into a little more detail. Luke Dr. Luke describes it even more. He, he pins down even more of what Jesus said in that instant. In Luke 17, in Luke 17, verse 26, it says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be, or so shall also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Did y'all see that? The flood came and, come on, let's say it. And likewise, likewise, he goes into more detail. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, the days of Lot. What do we know about Lot? Where did he end up? What were the twin cities that he ended up in? Sodom and Gomorrah. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Preacher, what are you saying? What are you saying? I'm trying to tell you this, that there is, there is something coming. There is something coming. And I, let me just go through the notes because I'll start running a rabbit and we won't never get finished. All right. First of all, I want you to see the atmosphere. If we go back and look in Genesis chapter number six, Genesis chapter number six. If Jesus said, if Jesus said that as it was in the days of Noah, and he also included Lot, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But as in the days of Noah, that's what it's going to be like. When Jesus comes, are y'all with me? Say amen. So let's go back to Genesis six and read about the days of Noah. All right. In Genesis six, it says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all that they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh Yet his days shall be 120 years. Very important right there. We'll come back to that. His days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which are of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his hearts was evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will what? Destroy. I will. Destroy. 
destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and a creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Then skip down to verse 11. The earth also was what? Corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with what? Violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence through him. And behold, I will destroy the earth. I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. This is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. The window shalt thou make to the ark, and in the cubit thou shalt finish it above. And the door of the ark thou shalt set in the side thereof, with lower and second and third story shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to, to all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with, uh, with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them with thee. They shall be male and female. Noah got it done. And in verse 7, God says, Noah, you and your family come into the ark. Now here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, I want you to see the atmosphere of that day. The atmosphere of that day. And you say, why is that so important? Because Jesus said, as it was in the days of, so shall it be in the coming of the son of man. So what is the atmosphere? What do we see? Three things. Let me do it fast. First of all, the earth was filled with violence. The earth was filled with violence. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that we are living in violent times. All you have to do is turn on the news. All you have to do is read the newspaper. All you have to do is see what's going on in our culture. We are living in violent times, violent days, not just with the war. That's obvious. I mean, that's a, that's a given. We see dictators around this world that are threatening to bomb and threatening to destroy, threatening to annihilate. They've even invaded other countries around them. There's violence everywhere. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not just in Russia. It's not just in Ukraine. It's in your daily Walmart. People are fighting in the aisles. People are pushing people over in subways. You find violence on the little league field. We find violence in the schoolhouses. Listen, they're videotaping fights and getting shot. Somebody say amen. We're living in the day. This is as a violent time as has ever been. COVID made it even worse. And I believe all that did was trigger the days of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Violence is everywhere. Not only was it days in an atmosphere of violence, but B, is an atmosphere of corruption. The Bible says that God saw the earth and it was corrupt. Men were corrupt. Great corruption. Listen, 
you, you, don't have to, you don't have to go very far to see corruption. It's everywhere. Then we see, then we see perversion. Perversion. He included the days of Lot. It says it's going to be just like that. Now, what, what, is, what is Sodom and Gomorrah known for? It's, it's their sexual perversion. They were destroyed because of it. Listen, their, their activity and their practice is even because that's where we get the name sodomy from. Sexual perversion. There's never been a day, never, ever been a day like the day we're living in today. When you have to make a law, when you have to make a law saying you cannot teach my baby about sex. If you want to teach a kindergarten about sex, you're a pedophile. Listen, be not deceived. Be not deceived. This is not about education. This is about indoctrination. They're putting all of the sexual perversion in all of the commercials. Listen, in all of the advertising, in all of the TV shows, Disney's wanting to put it in your children's cartoons. Not just want to, they've been doing it. What are you saying? I'm saying we're living in the days of Noah. We're living in a time. We're living in the time. I'm telling you, it's, it's repeating itself. But guess what? Jesus said it's going to be that way. It was going to be that way. Look here. Not only do we see the atmosphere. Number two, we see the announcement. We see the announcement. What does it say in Genesis 6, 13? I'm going somewhere too. I'm going somewhere. Y'all think I'm running a rabbit? Now I ain't. I'm setting a table. Listen. Why, 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 what, what, what is so great and what is so important about this latest invitation? You'll see right here. We see the announcement. God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is. The earth is filled with violence and through them and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Preacher, what are you saying? What's the announcement? A, there was judgment pronounced. God said, I'm going to judge this earth. You got to understand, you got to understand liberals and, and atheists want to say, well, God's, he's just some, your, your God is this mean, uh, uh, genocidal creature in heaven. No, 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 no. He's a holy God. He is a righteous God. And in his holiness, he will judge sin. Your feelings are irrelevant. How you think it is or ought to be is irrelevant. But sin is sin. Holiness is holiness. Righteousness is righteousness. And I'm telling you, God said he's going to judge sin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, judgment's coming. Jesus spoke more about judgment than he ever did about reward. He spoke more about hell than he ever did about heaven. Thank God for heaven. 
Thank God for a street of gold and walls of jasper. Thank God for a heavenly home where there'll be no more tears and no sorrow, no crying, no death over there. But if we don't get our head out of the sand and remember that there is a place called hell, there is a lake of fire. There is a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Ladies and gentlemen, judgment is coming. Noah preached and preached and preached. He built and he preached. He built and he preached. He, he stacked up timber and he preached. He gathered uh, necessities and he preached for 120 years. See, write this down. The announcement, he got, God made an announcement. He said, judgment's coming. Say that with me. Say it again. And then he said this, there's going to be a deadline. I give you 120 years. Now think about this. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. How can can you call him a genocidal God if he told you what's happening, he told you the deadline, and he told you how to miss it? Everybody look. Look at me. It's coming a deadline. God is a patient God. God is a long-suffering God. Listen, out of all of the years, out of all of the years of the wickedness that God should have destroyed them, could have destroyed them, have every right to destroy them, he still, Brother John, he still gave them an extra 120 years. Guess what? He not only had the preaching of Noah, he had the preaching of Enoch. Go look at it. He had the preaching of Methuselah. Enoch said judgment's coming. Enoch told him. God, God, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Enoch never saw death. God just took him home. He said, it's closer to my house than it is yours, son. Come on, be with me. Now think about that. That's a, that's a picture of the rapture before the judgment that's coming. It's a picture of the rapture of the church where the judgment's coming. Noah and his family is a picture of the Jews that are going to be taken safely through the tribulation period. Either way, judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. Why do I need to give somebody this invite? Because if they don't get saved, they will be destroyed. Y'all getting me now? Do you see why this one's so important? It's important to find rest. It's important to find cleansing. It's important to find fulfillment. But listen, fulfillment is not the greatest thing. You can take every nap in the world. Mentally, you can, you can go to every doctor in the world. You can, listen, but if you don't get saved, that's why, that's why it bothers me when, when, when people, organizations, they, 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 they raise money and buy blankets and they raise money and dig wells and they raise money and give food. I'm for all of those things. But if you give them food and you give them blankets and you give them well and you don't tell them about Jesus, they're going to go to hell with a belly full and warm. Why, why are we doing this? Is it just so we can say we had a crowd? No, because they're going to go to hell. Judgment's coming. It's real. It's not the figment of some preacher's imagination. It is not some, some religious fairy tale. 
like people say, hell is real. And we need to invite them to be delivered, to be saved. Church, say amen. Listen, we see the atmosphere. We see the announcement. Quickly, quickly. We see the attitudes. Watch how Jesus described it. And it doesn't even describe it. It doesn't even describe it in Genesis 6. But Jesus, when Jesus was, was preaching, everybody look at me. Watch this right here. He said, let me tell you how they acted. Let me tell you, this is Jesus. Let me tell you how they responded to the preaching of judgment from Noah. Watch. This is what Jesus said. In Matthew 24, 36, which we read a while ago. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. Talking about when Jesus returns. But as the days of Noah were. In other words, they're going to act just like they acted when Noah was preaching. Does that make sense? Watch this. How'd they act? How'd they respond? For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. I'm talking about up until the day he walked up the plank. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Watch this. Three things I want you to write down. Now keep in mind, everybody look at me, keep in mind. We've already discussed, we've already said the atmosphere, right? We've already said how wicked it was. We've already said how violent it was. We already said how corrupt it was. We already said how perverse it was, didn't we? So how did they respond to all this? Write this down. They were desensitized. Write that down. They were desensitized to the wickedness and the atmosphere around them. You, you, you with me? I, I walk. I walk. I was in the in the uh, the loves. I think it was the loves. What's with the big yellow sign? Is that the loves? Yeah, yeah. I was in a loves truck stop, and I was I was coming out the I was coming out the bathroom, and and I heard a commotion up by up by the desk, and you know, arguing, fighting, cussing each other, blah blah blah. And, 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 and I'm coming and I'm feeling them. So, oh Lord, somebody might need some help. They might be jumping on this poor guy, you know, because I'm telling you people, people that works behind the counter, they got to deal with some idiots nowadays. I'm, I'm just telling you, and I'm, I'm not going to let somebody just jump on a little fella. So I'm coming around and this, this big old guy, this big old guy, and he went on out the door. Thank God. Amen. <laughs> But he was just a cussing and, 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 and I mean using every word, I mean all of them. And I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like, kind of like this. And I noticed, I don't know why it stood out to me, but I noticed people just shopping. 
not even phased. I mean, like it was not even happening. I'm, I'm like, am I, am, am, am I in a, what's, is this a twilight zone? Am I the only one that can hear this? Is this really happening? Because nobody else, it was like, they were so desensitized. And man, I started thinking about this message and the people had been around the wickedness for so long and the violence so long and the perversion so long, they're totally desensitized to it. So that when you stand up and say, hey, some freaky people want to teach a kindergartner how to have a sex change. It don't even phase them. They cannot logically see how insane that is. When you tell them a man should not be swimming with women in competition. Don't even phase them. Think it's totally okay. This world has become so desensitized to the wickedness around them. Now watch this. I'm afraid so has the church. I'm afraid we see so much on TV and we watch so much stuff we shouldn't be watching that it doesn't even phase us when something like that happens. When somebody cusses or does whatever the shows on TV, it's just like, it's just like we're just going, we're totally desensitized. You see, their response was they just kept on doing what they were doing. Noah is preaching. And I believe he's begging. I believe he's pleading. I believe he's weeping, saying, please, judgment's coming. Please, God's going to destroy this earth. Please. And, and, and it's just tone deaf. Because the Bible says he did it till the day they walked in. And they just kept on living life. Like there'd always be a tomorrow. Tell me that's not what's happening today. Desensitized. Desensitized to their surroundings, the wickedness around them. B, a total disregard. A total disregard of the warnings. 2 Peter 2, 5. And spare not the old world. 2 Peter 2, 5. And spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a what? Preacher of... Boy, we need them today. We need the teachers to sit down. Some of y'all are going, what? I've heard people say, well, our pastor, he's really, he's more of a teacher. Well, then you need to get a preacher. There is a time and a place for teachers. Right now ain't one of them. You're being awful harsh, preacher. No, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm just telling you. Write it down. I'll sign it. Put it on the, the network. I don't care. There's a difference. Now, the Bible says that the preacher needs to be apt to teach. He needs to have the ability to teach. 
But when it comes to the last days, we need preachers. You know what Paul told Timothy about teachers? He said in the last days, people shall heap upon themselves what? Not preachers, but teachers having itching ears. Just tell us what we want to hear. Let me, let me show you the difference. Let me show you that because some of y'all are, you're, you're upset with me now, but it's going to get worse. So you just, it's going to get worse. There's a difference between a teacher and a preacher. This is a teacher. Here is the information. This is the preacher. Here's the information. Bless God. What you going to do about it? Oh, I'm supposed to stay up here. Ain't I? <laughs> a preacher will bring in application. A preacher will hold your feet to the fire. A preacher will expect you to live what is being preached out of the word of God. Don't be a hearer, but a doer also. Noah wasn't a teacher. He was a preacher of righteousness. He preached that judgment was coming. He preached that, listen, there is coming a devastating flood that will destroy this earth. He's saying, come, come, come. Hey, destruction is coming. Devastation is coming. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He said, God has prepared a way of escape. And you know what they did? They totally ignored the warning. Totally disregarded. I know, I know, God said this. He said, they're going to say, we've heard it. We've heard it all of our life. Where is the promise of his coming? God is not slack concerning his promise. As men count slackness, his coming but they totally ignored it. They just kept on living life. They just went about their life like there'd always be a tomorrow until the flood came. And the Bible said, carried them all away. In other words, they were destroyed. Now watch this. This is, this is, this is, this is the bad part. What was A? Say it back to me. We see A. They were desensitized to the wickedness. Say that with me. They were. B, there was disregard of the warning. Say that with me. B. Now watch this. C, there was a disdain for the way. There was a disdain for the way. I know what you're thinking. I did that. Use that word for alliterated purposes. But I've got a, I've got a proof. All through the book of Acts. All through the book of Acts. Do you realize they called the, the Christian movement, they called it the way. Before it was ever called Christianity. Matter of fact, Christianity was a slang. They were using that to mock them. But it was called the way. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up in, in the book of Acts. That Paul went to destroy all of them that was of the, the way. And you know what I have seen? And I've seen it in Noah's day. I've seen it in Lot's day. And you, you can read it as it's recorded. It's not enough. It's not enough to think that the preacher of righteousness, Noah, is just a, a quack. I mean, he's sitting here building an ark in the middle of a desert. And it ain't never rained before. And he's preaching that it's going to rain. 
What is rain? Y'all with me? So it's not enough to just say he's crazy. We're just going to ignore his preaching. They begin to hate the ones who believe the preaching. Do you realize there is a great disdain for Christianity today? First of all, when, 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 listen, all of the, the wicked people, they just said, we just want you to leave us alone. We just want to be accepted. We just want equal rights. They just kept on, kept on, kept on. Now, we want you to endorse what we believe. And it, it, listen, they hate it. They hate it. The wicked culture we live in today, just like they hated Christ, they're going to hate you. This is, this is what this young lady said to me. This in college. She said, preacher, one girl, and, and, and we're talking about, we're talking about in their, their late teens, early 20s. She said, she said, they just come right out and said, I hate Christians. And I hate church. And, and here, here, I used to make excuses for them. I used to think, I understand that. I understand you was probably mistreated in the church, and I have seen some very judgmental Christians that's treated people in the wrong way. So I, I could get that. I could understand how, how you could, but it's, it's way past that. The hate is not because they were done wrong. The hate is because you don't believe what they believe. You disagree with their lifestyle and their culture. So instead of saying, hey, let's agree to disagree. No, you hate because you don't agree with me. They're the ones doing the hating, but they're claiming you're a bigot and a hater because you disagree with what they believe in. I'm telling you the truth, guys. If you don't agree with that, you need to go back to that desensitized point. Because you've been in it so long, you're totally desensitized to what's happening around you. There's a disdain for the way. What did they do with Lot? Do y'all remember? Y'all remember the story of Lot? Lot, when he was told that that Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be destroyed, do you know what Lot did? He ran around to everybody and said, hey, 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 you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. And you know what they did? They mocked him. They mocked him. Be careful who you're hanging out with. It might ruin your testimony. You might not want to be hanging out in Sodom and Gomorrah and then try to witness because they may not believe your witness because of the lifestyle. Hello. We're there, guys. We are in the days of Noah. But I got good news. The bad news is, is destruction's coming. Listen, I, 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 this is amazing. I have got almost five minutes left. And usually y'all don't get real restless till we're in the red. But I can see fidgeting, fidgeting, fidgeting in my peripheral vision. 
Yeah. You know why? This message is very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. You know why? Because it's real. It's where we're living. The bad news. Judgment's coming. If you're watching, if, if, if we are lucky enough this Sunday that they didn't kick us off yet. Do y'all realize, do y'all realize, some of y'all may not even know this, but from the, from the, from the, the bully series, how many of y'all remember the bully series a few weeks ago, probably four, five, six weeks ago, they cut us off. They took us off Facebook in the first bully message. And do you realize every single Sunday, every single Sunday, and I think on Wednesday too, they have kicked us off Facebook every week. Open your eyes, guys. It's called censorship. They say, oh, it was, it was, a, it was a copyright situation. Wasn't no copyright situation. How's there a copyright situation on Wednesday when there is no singing? Because they usually try to use a song. Maybe they use a song. And, and we, done, we, we done bought the license to all that, so that's a bunch of garbage anyway. No, no. They're trying to censor your voice. That's where we're at in America, guys, you know, the land of the free, you know, free speech and everything. We're here. But judgment's coming. You can shut me down if you want to, but I'm telling you, hell's real and judgment is coming. Ho, 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 ho. Y'all going to take up my time. We got one more point. We saw the atmosphere, we saw the announcement, we saw the attitude. Can we all agree on those three things so far? But last of all, we see the ark. Thank God. Listen, there ain't nothing as pretty as an ark when the rain is falling. I saw a sign the other day that says you need to fight like you're the third monkey on the ark and the rain is starting to fall. Now, you know that brother's fighting to get on that ark. <laughs> Had to loosen y'all up. Y'all was a little tight on me. <laughs> For some reason, I'm thinking about Jerry Clower and that coon hunting monkey. Amen. <laughs> I don't know why. He said he thumb cocked. <laughs> anyway, pistol. Mm. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> that precious ark is a type of Christ. The ark is a type of Christ. Many of y'all know, you know, we've said over and over throughout all the Old Testament, God gives you pictures of his dear son. Judgment is coming. Say that with me. But there's a way of escape. Judgment is coming. But there's a way of escape. Write this down. How is it a type of Christ? First of all, A, it was supplied by grace. God said, that's it. That's it. His endurance, his patience came to a limit. He said, I'm going to destroy this earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
Look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. <clears throat> I hate to, I hate to hurt your feelings. I hate to hurt your feelings. I know some of y'all have been pretty good people. You had pretty good up, upbringing. Your raising has been pretty good. But you still deserve hell. <laughs> Every single breathing human being has fallen short of the glory of God. Now watch this. What does this mean? It means that God would have been righteous and just to kill us all. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Every human being on the planet deserved to die because of their wickedness. But God said, I'm going to give you a way of escape. Now we know only Noah and his family believed it. But do you realize the people who was preaching to, they had a ticket available for the maiden voyage. Of the ark of grace. But they refused it. Ladies and gentlemen. This offer of salvation. The ark is a type of Christ. And when you give out an invitation. What you're doing is saying listen. There is grace. There is grace. We deserve hell. We deserve judgment. We deserve destruction. But God is giving us grace. Say amen. amen. It was supplied by grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It was sealed. Write that down. This is a good one. In Genesis 6, 14, he said, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark. Watch this. And shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Pitch was a type of tar. But the word used, the word used in, in, in this particular verse is kephar. It's the Hebrew word kephar, and it's the same word that's translated atonement. Atonement. Now, Richard, what is atonement? Atonement is when your sins are paid for. Are y'all with me? Listen, it says in Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. It is a payment for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Romans five eleven, And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement, the forgiveness, the payment made. Our sins have been atoned for. They've been taken care of. And what did he say? He said, I want you to take that pitch and I want you to seal it on the inside and I want you to take that pitch and I want you to seal it on the outside. Listen, what? Mm, this is good. Hallelujah. What did that pitch do? It kept the judgment on the outside from getting to the sinners on the inside. They were sealed. They were sealed. Are y'all with me? No matter how bad the rains fell, no matter how floods, listen, how high the floods came, they was inside the ark and they were sealed by the atonement. They were sealed. They were kept safe. The flood, the judgment couldn't get to them. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying Jesus is the ark. The Bible says if any man be 
in Christ. Y'all with me? In Christ. Just like Noah was in the ark. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Look what it says. Look what it says. It says, uh, 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 well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's a good I want to get. I'm going to read it anyway. Romans 8, 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Say amen. amen. Judgment's coming, but I got good news. There's an ark. Listen, it's supplied by grace. It is sealed. Now watch this now. I got to hurry. See, write this down. It's specific. The word's a little weak, but I need an S word. <clears throat> what does specific mean? How many doors was on this ark? One. I can't hear you. One. 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 Thomas said unto Jesus in John 14, when he said, let not your heart be troubled, you believe also in me, right? You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Good old Thomas said, well, how are we going to get there? How are we going to know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. He didn't said a way. He didn't say some way. He said the way. I don't care. I don't care what Oprah Winfrey said. There's not many roads to heaven. You don't just get to choose whichever way do you get to God. There is one way to glory. There is one way to God. There is one way to heaven. And Jesus is the way. There wasn't but one door on that ark. And if you was going to get in, you had to go through the door. And by the way, when they got in, the Bible says that the Lord shut them in. Sealed them up in there. Now this brings us to the last point. It was successful. <laughs> Write that down. Let me read it. We're, we're way over time, but this is good. Watch this now. Genesis seven twenty three. Genesis seven twenty three. If you go read the last or the first part of 23, you'll see that everything died that had breath. Everything on this earth died. Verse, verse 23, and Noah only what? And they that were with him where? Somebody say amen. Romans 8, 1. Look at me now. You're fidgeting again. I ain't even done. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. How, how much? None. None to them which are. Now look at me, everybody. Look at me. I got to say this. Some of you came from false teaching. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. We got people here from all kinds of denominations. And some of you guys here from denominations that taught a false doctrine that you could lose your salvation. Now let me, de let me describe... Let me describe what you were taught. And then I'll describe what the Bible says. The Bible says, or excuse me, false teachers will tell you that you believe in God. But if you, you, 
if you, you go out and sin, you'll lose it. Here's what you believe when applied to this story. You believe that Noah was on the outside holding on. You believe that Noah had to depend on his strength to hold on to the ark for safety. But the Bible says God shut him in. He didn't have to hold on. He didn't have to hope so. He was safe and secure in the ark. <laughs> If you were in the ark, you were going to make it. Let me tell you something. If you were in Christ, you're going to make it. Man told me one time, actually it was a woman. She's kind of saucy type lady too. You Baptist. I said, well, ma'am. I said, just how do you lose it? If you weren't good enough to get it or earn it, how do you lose it if it's a gift? I believe that you have to carry your cross. And if you set that cross down, you lose it. I said, ma'am, that's the problem. You are trusting in your ability to carry that cross and not what Jesus did on it. Ladies and gentlemen, judgment's coming. And when I ask you to take this invite, I'm not just asking you to invite your family or your friends or your relatives or your, your neighbors or your coworkers for the, for the reason of fulfillment or for the reason of cleansing or for the reason, what was that other one? Rest. Although those are good. I'm asking you to help pick up an invite and give it to somebody so we can deliver them from the judgment that's coming. Would y'all agree with me now, after what we've heard today, that this is definitely the most important invitation? Let's pray.